everybody. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing fine, Dan. How are you doing? Doing well. And also Scott Patsko. Scott, how are you? Doing good. Okay, well, we're going to have, uh, we're going to make some predictions here today. Uh, I think every year before training camp, we've always done a, a video or a podcast uh, about training camp predictions, some of them bold, some of them not so bold. So I want to hear some, some predictions from you guys, and, and I have a couple as well. Mary Kay, let's start with you. Give us your first, your first prediction. Scott and I will, will decide if it's bold or, or not bold. We'll, we'll categorize it. Give us your first prediction here. Okay, my first prediction is that the Browns will trade for Yannick Nagakawe. That's bold. <laughs> uh, now, do I really think uh, that this is going to happen? I have no idea if this is going to happen <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do know that they at least expressed interest in him at one point. Why it didn't happen, I'm not really sure about that. Uh, but they did express some kind of interest in Yannick. And... Um, and he's still there. In fact, he did not show up. He did not report for camp. He has not signed his franchise tender, which is $17.8 million. Now, nobody can uh, extend him this year. You would just have to pay him that 17.8 and then try to work on a contract later. But uh, I, I would go ahead and do this myself. I think it would be a, a really great move for the Browns. I think it makes up for the fact that they just did not get Jadavian Clowney. And I think he'd be a great compliment to Miles Garrett. So that would make uh, Scott real quick. That would make uh, that would make the Browns' ends very expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It yeah, I think expensive with uh, with Clowney too. So right. I think they're willing to allocate their resources in that way. I mean, that, that's bold from the fact that any kind of trade you make like that for that kind of player certainly would be a bold move. I think. Uh, I don't know how many people would be surprised or shocked by it at this point because some, we've spent so much time talking about that kind of thing, maybe more so with Clowney. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's something that uh, would certainly make the, the training camp a little more exciting, <laughs> something going down uh, either right before it uh, or, you know, after we're all there and kind of seeing how things are going. I, that, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. What, what do you think they would give up for him? I think that's always the question, especially with this front office, you know, would they, I, I wonder what Jacksonville would even want, like what their, their bottom line is. Could he get away with it for like a second? I would imagine this, this group would be hesitant to give up a first uh, to, to get him, especially because they're going to have to pay him eventually. Um, if, if they did get him, that would at least probably be their plan. Uh, so I wonder what, what, what do you think they would give up and what do you think it would take to get him? You know what? I think, obviously they would really want to avoid giving up a first round pick. So I would say maybe a couple of seconds, maybe next year's second, maybe the year after that second or something like that. Uh, Or maybe a combination of a, I don't know that they have very many players they could trade. I don't think the Jaguars want David Njoku. So I don't think he can be part of the equation. Uh, So I would say a second round pick, um, and maybe another pick this year, and then maybe perhaps another second rounder for next year. That would yeah. be bold. <laughs> <laughs> it's very bold. And again, it would make, it would make those too much? expensive. Well, giving up that much. Yeah, do you think it's too much? Well, you know, I, I don't know that this front office would give up that much. I think they value that draft capital so much. I, I don't know. I don't know. But he would be the type of player – 
you know, going into his second contract and, and, you know, he is at a position that they value. He would be the type of player that if they were going to give it up, um, I, I think they maybe would, would consider it. But I, I just don't know. Yeah, and he just turned 25 in March, so he's still very young. Uh, yeah, younger than Clowney, so, yeah. yeah. He's still in the prime of his career. Jadavian Clowney's 27, uh, and, and um, Yannick just turned 25 in March, so um, he's still very young. Another thing that I like about him is that he has forced 14 fumbles in his career. Uh, that's something that Miles doesn't do enough of. And just that kind of disruption, just getting, digging that ball out of there, I think that, that I place such a premium on that. Uh, when you can do that, I, I think it's worth a lot of money. I'll, I'll never forget him coming to Cleveland and single-handedly um, basically beating the Browns. I think that was during the 1-15 uh, the season uh, a few years ago. Okay. Oh, real quick, did you say here. did you say Vernon would be involved in that deal? Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't want all you don't want both of them here, right? You know what? Let's do that. Let's okay. trade <laughs> Vernon and a second, like a second round pick. You know, next there you year. Go. All right, I think I think we just figured this out. There you go. I, I think Mary Kay as, as Andrew Barry and, and Scott as is, is it still Dave Caldwell in Jacksonville? Yeah, I mean you you <laughs> saved eleven million dollars on Olivier. It's a this is a brilliant idea. You got an expiring contract. <laughs> yeah, right? thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you helping me out with this. There you see go. How easy, see how easy this is, NFL. To come Trades up with aren't you. hard. It makes <laughs> so much more sense now. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's my prediction. It's probably not very bold, um, but I'll stick with the theme I, I had last year when I made another not-so-bold prediction about somebody winning a starting job. <laughs> I'm going to go with right guard. Uh, I think yesterday when we were recording this on Thursday, so Wednesday when Drew Forbes opted out, a lot of people reacted by saying, well, it looks like Wyatt Teller is going to be your starting right guard. I say, in the words of Lee Corso, not so fast. I think Nick Harris will be the starter at right guard this year, the rookie that the Browns drafted. I'm not convinced they drafted someone to come in and be their backup center for the next two years. I think Nick Harris is a guy that will end up playing at right guard, a position where he started at in 2017. So he can play guard, even though he's, he's viewed mostly as a center. I think he ends up in that right guard spot. Well, I think on the boldometer, I would give that... <laughs> <laughs> I would give that a good solid seven. Oh, okay. I think, I think that's pretty high up there to, to say that a rookie center will just come in and take that right guard job. So I, I think that's very bold, Dan. I, I commend you for that. Bold-ish. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I could, I could see that happening. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility by any stretch of the imagination, especially now that Drew Forbes, you know, he's not there taking any reps away or challenging. So it's kind of coming down to uh, Wyatt Teller and Nick Harris. Oh, Dan, just wait till my bold prediction. Oh, I can't. I think it. yours is bold. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, they 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 uh, they wanted this guy here, and he we know that uh, um, he he can excel in this kind of uh, uh, scheme on offense, and uh, you know it, it'll all come down to how fast he adjusts as a rookie. You know, he's in the same boat uh, in a way that Jedrick Wills is. It's you know how much work. And how much, you know, were they able to get into their brain during this virtual offseason and be able to hit the ground running once they get out there and, you know, find out pretty quick on where everybody is. And, you know, he's, he's definitely one of the top candidates because, 
like you said, Drew Forbes is, isn't in the picture uh, this season. So, Yeah, I mean, everybody seems to be writing Wyatt Teller and in Penn, and I just don't – I think the only reason we're doing that is because he was there last year. But, again, it's just hard for me. Backup center is a very disposable position. You can find a backup center – it could be week seven, and you can find a backup center on the street. I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they drafted him just to be the backup center now. Now maybe down the road, he'll he'll move over there when Treader's gone. But I, I don't know if they want him just sitting there on the bench. All right, Scott, you teased us. What's your bold prediction? Well, I'm going to go with right guard too. Uh, but my bold prediction is that it's not Wyatt Teller and it's not Nick Harris, but it's Chris Hubbard. Okay. I uh, think it's bolder than mine. Yeah. <laughs> He, of course, we all know him as a, as a tackle and things didn't work out, but they wanted him here enough to restructure his contract and, and keep him around. In Pittsburgh, his first few years, he played almost exclusively guard during the preseason, every game. He, was, uh, he had the most snaps at guard of the Steelers during those preseason games, and it didn't really translate over to uh, the regular season. He played more tackle, uh, but he obviously has experience at the NFL level. Again, it's preseason, but... He's done it, um, and I think the fact that they wanted him here kind of at least puts him in the conversation. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Chris Hubbard out there getting reps at guard. He obviously has more NFL experience than the other guys, you know, competing for that position. So I, that's my bold prediction: is that Chris Hubbard is your starting right guard after training camp. So if mine was a, if mine was a seven, Mary Kay Scotts, I think is a maybe a nine. I I was thinking eight. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, somewhere between eight and nine. It could be like an eight and a half. I mean, that, that's pretty bold for, for Chris Hubbard to go in there and start at, at right guard, the swing tackle of the Cleveland Browns. But uh, you make some good points. You make a good case. Uh, I could see it happening. And uh, that, that job is probably kind of wide open. All right, that was, that was three of them. Uh, we got a trade and two right guard candidates. Let's, <laughs> let's go another round. But first, we're going to take a break, and I'm going to tell everybody about Football Insider. Time for me to tell you all about Football Insider, our tech subscription service where me, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko text you with the latest on the Browns news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can text us back and we respond directly to you cutting through the clutter of social media. You also get opportunities to get involved in this podcast and participate in roundtables and other events for our subscribers. It's like a little club and you want to get involved with this club. You even get a newsletter every day. It's got exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see before anyone else. You know what though? Don't let me tell you about it. How about if you hear from some of our subscribers as to why they love Football Insider? I, I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. There's something every day. I mean, it's really, really keep, keeps me in touch with the uh, the Browns. The daily newsletter that y'all put out there, I, I really like that. It's got a lot of links, a lot of different read-ups. I, I mean, just, you know, you get a lot of content. That's why I like it. If I'm at work or something, I need a quick break, I can hit that up and say, oh, and in a minute I can read uh, what you wrote and, uh, you know, see maybe that there's further information in, you know, one of your other articles or something like that. I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up. <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can start a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. Or even easier, since it is a tech service, pick up your phone and text 216-208-3965 to get signed up. Again, to start your 14-day free trial, text 216-208-3965. Now back to our show. Here we go, right back to it. 
in three, two, one. All right, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Scott Patsko, and we're going to make some more bold predictions. We each came in uh, with, with two of them, so let's keep going. Mary Kay, do you have a right guard prediction? Is that, is that your next <laughs> bold prediction, Joel Batonio moving to right guard? You know what? That is not my other prediction for training camp. Uh, my prediction is uh, that I think that Kevin Stefanski will retain the play-calling duties for himself for this season. The reason why I say that is because uh, this just didn't go the way anybody thought it was going to go. Alex Van Pelt was supposed to have four tryouts. Uh, he didn't get that opportunity. And the first time that these guys are going to see the offense live and in person working together with the fur really flying will be in Baltimore in the opener on September 13th. So therefore, I think that Kevin Stefanski will want to take maybe some of the heat for the growing pains or, or just kind of have the reins. Uh, because of the way this season has gone. Well, I'm going to qualify that one as, as not so bold. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think Stefanski calling plays certainly was always in the cards, but I do think there's an argument to be made that, you know, he was kind of looking for uh, an excuse to almost let Alex Van Pelt be the play caller. Uh, he, he never really, you know, just came out and said, I'm calling plays, my offense, you know, as, as, as we always hear offensive head coaches across the league say, and, and we've certainly heard some, some Browns coaches come in and, and say that as well. Um, it just always felt like he was and still is open to letting someone else do it so that he can just be the head coach. Uh, but I do think for a lot of the reasons you pointed out, uh, it, it, it makes it less complicated if he's the one calling plays, at least initially. So I'll, I'll agree with you there. I think it's uh, mildly bold, but uh, it's still a prediction, Scott. It's a very perceptive prediction. <laughs> yes. We'll say that. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the questions that didn't get asked of Stefanski uh, uh, when we had him was uh, how the coaches are going to go about getting that game day uh, communication and, and how things are going to work. You know, not just with, with uh, you know, you mentioned the play calling uh, with Van Pelt, but just overall, you know, they, they're not going to get that opportunity before preseason games kind of work out the kinks. And it makes me wonder if they're going to do some sort of simulated thing um to kind of prepare because they don't have preseason yeah if they're going to put who's going to be in the booth who's going to be on the field all, all of that stuff um i mean stefanski was even talking about not huddling um leading up into the actual practices when, when they would maybe start doing it but yeah there's a lot of things they, they just can't really do um you know with, with all of this going on and no preseason okay uh i'm gonna stick with a rookie uh so here's my second bold prediction the rookie that we're going to be talking about during training camp is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mm. I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he's a guy that obviously went in the sixth round, uh, has that chip on his shoulder. I think it was very much a traits pick. You know, he was a really highly recruited kid, and there was that battle with Ohio State and Michigan and, and all that. He ends up in Michigan really probably doesn't live up to the hype that came with them. A lot of people wonder if it was because of the quarterback play, the offense that they ran in Michigan, all of that. Uh, but there are some impressive things when, when you watch him play and when you look at some of the highlights. We know he can have an impact in the return game almost immediately. I, and I just think this is a guy that could thrive in a camp setting. And we could see him just run by some DBs. We could see him make a couple spectacular plays. And those are the sorts of things that get you talking uh, about a rookie when you're in training camp. So I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is the rookie we're going to be talking about when we reach the end of camp. 
Well, that was mildly bold. I mean, I, I'll give you a, I don't know, maybe like a four for that. I'll take it. Um, yeah. <laughs> because there are not really a lot of flashy rookies in this class. I mean, when you talk about uh, their first overall pick, their first round pick, it's Jedrick Wills. So, you know, when, when an offensive lineman is, is doing his job for the most part, you know, they don't really get talked about. And the other guy that we talk a lot about is Grant Delpit. And I still think that uh, we probably will be talking a lot about him. I think he'll make a lot of noise. Uh, but Donovan Peoples-Jones is somebody that that's very intriguing. I mean, he, uh, you know, he, he lit it up on, uh, on draft day when, when they drafted him. I think that uh, he really drew a lot of attention. So uh, certainly in the return game, he will be, he could be electrifying and he does have an opportunity uh, to make a name for himself at receiver, especially depending on how ready Jarvis Landry is going to be and if there's an opening for a while. He's definitely going to be one of the top storylines written about during training camp, just because there are so many receivers and he's already on the short list for uh, best rookie in camp. Because again, like Mary Kay said, you know, it's hard for an offensive lineman to win that. And, and you got two offensive linemen in the rookie class. You know, it's pretty much Donovan Peoples-Jones and Grant Delpit. And, you know, unless Jacob Phillips starts picking off passes and, and having some – he's not really going to be in a position to have a lot of big hits in camp because, you know, there's, there's no preseason games. So I think really it comes down to Peoples-Jones and, and Delpit. And, yeah, every time they do one-on-one -on -one drills, uh, you know, people are going to be glued to, to seeing what this guy can do. And, uh, again, like I said, in a return game, there, there are a few candidates there, and he's he's one of the big ones for punt return. So that's – I'll give it a five. I would put it a little above a four. I'll say a five. It's like halfway there. All right. And, you know, it's kind of made for TV too, Scott. You, when, when you said watching those one-on-one -on -one drills, it's kind mm -hmm. of a, a made-for-TV drill to watch, and that's how a lot of fans are going to be watching training camp uh, on, on the Browns live stream and, and whatever highlights they can get. Uh, from our videographer, Dave Anderson, and some others that will be there as well, but mostly from Dave Anderson. Uh, th th that's really what they're going to see. So I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a guy that, that can make some plays and uh, get some attention. All right, Scott, bring us home. All right, I got one last bold prediction, and this would be so much better if there were preseason games. But my bold prediction is one of the guys that we'll spend at least a week talking about as uh, someone on the bubble who – Maybe people start rooting for to make this team is Johnny Stanton. Remember Johnny Stanton? Yes, of course he was signed earlier this year. <laughs> you wrote about him, Dan. Uh, he played like five different positions in high school. He was a, a dual threat quarterback. I wrote about how uh, uh, he could be the, uh, the Browns version of Taysom Hill, which, you know, I admit is a stretch. But uh, he just seemed like an interesting guy that in a normal year, he would be the guy who people would start rooting for during the preseason. He's like the fourth preseason game all-star, you know, just kind of waiting to happen. Um, clearly, I mean, special teams is going to be how that guy makes the team. He played quarterback, tight end, long snapper, linebacker in college. Um, so he's done a lot. He's it, it, coming here as a fullback. You know, I secretly want Kevin Stefanski to have some sort of like Johnny Stanton package. <laughs> where, where he rolls it out and just surprises everybody but again we don't have preseason games to see all that so but I think that uh he will do something in training camp that'll have us talking at some point 
That is an orange and brown talk podcast guest, Johnny Stanton. There you go. Here, <laughs> if you go back through the feed, I want to say it was around uh, Memorial Day ish that uh, that he came on the podcast. So uh, check that out. He, he is a he's a very interesting guy as a football player and and as a person. So go back in your feeds and check that out. Um, yeah. I, so are you saying he'll make the team? Is that your bold prediction? Or will be a guy that fans want to make the team? Um, I don't think he'll make the team, but I think that he could become somebody that gets into this conversation where, you know, like DJ Montgomery was at last year, or even Damon Sheehy Giuseppe was last year, where people are talking about, wow, they should keep this guy. They can't let this guy get away uh, when he really doesn't have that great of a chance to make the team. Yeah. I think Johnny Stanton maybe, if anything, ends up on the practice squad. But I do believe that we'll probably be talking about him at some point because he's going to – his versatility will – shine through he will flash to use a training yeah. camp phrase at some point <laughs> yeah we'll, okay, go, uh, so, we'll go like five or six on that right yeah yeah I think that's a that's a, a five because like I forgot he was even on the team I have to admit <laughs> so that makes it bold right there well, if you guess, forgot that Johnny you know Stamp who, was on the team I guess we yes. know who listens to the podcast and who doesn't <laughs> yes there you go and for me it's very bold I mean I just haven't been thinking about Johnny Stanton at all. In fact, uh, you know, sometimes guys will show up on a, you know, an opt-out list like Drake Dorbeck or, you know, somebody will end up on a COVID list like Javante Moffat and I'll say, oh, I hardly knew you. Yeah. I really just wasn't, you were not really foremost in my mind as we head into training camp. So Johnny falls into that category with me, for me, but I'll give it a five. Yeah, well, it's tough because we, we didn't have the, the spring program and that's when you sort of at least see these names on the backs of jerseys and you've got that roster yeah. and, and you see a couple of these guys make plays. So, so we know who they are coming in. Okay. There we go. Six bold predictions as uh, this training camp is underway. Even if it doesn't feel like training camp is underway, it's here. Eventually it's going to start to feel normal and, uh, and we'll be seeing practices and things like that. But for now, uh, we're just in full prediction mode. So make sure you check out Football Insider. Go to cleveland.com slash Browns. And, of course, I told you that number to text a little earlier. So check that one out. Start your 14-day free trial. And make sure you're subscribed to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For Scott and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Browns.